Hello, and welcome to You Philosopher. So today, let's talk about the idea of the film Joker. Um, there's no spoilers in this conversation because I actually haven't seen the film yet. I want to do another episode after I see it, but I wanted to take the opportunity to talk about the issues that were coming up before the film came out. In other words, there's issues that came up because of, of the nature of the film before people even knew the content. And specifically, the issue that's come up is a concern that films like Joker, and specifically this film, is encouraging of violence, specifically of mass shootings, and that in putting the film out, that there's a lack of sensitivity to those who have suffered at the hands of mass shooters, and a lack of sensitivity to the possibility that such a film could cause or encourage violence. <clears throat> and so I think there's a lot of interesting things to discuss here. One of which is the fact that sometimes the response that people have to that kind of concern is, is that people are being too sensitive or overly sensitive. Because what's the, what's the controversy? Well, the controversy is, is that a film like Joker is connected to a mass shooting that's already happened, right? In other words, the film um, The Dark Knight seemed to inspire violence um, and lead to uh, a, a shooting in a theater later on. And as a result of that connection, there's a concern that this character of the Joker and films about the Joker, and notice not just like a Batman film or a cartoon film or a violent film, but a film that makes a focus. I don't want to say a hero out of the Joker, again, not having seen the film, but certainly the protagonist. By that, we simply mean the narrative focus, right? The story is about this character who, even if he's not portrayed as a good person, it's very difficult to watch something about a character who is the primary focus and get to know kind of who they are and their motivations and what they go through without garnering some level of sympathy or at least understanding or awareness of their motivations. And so the concern is, is that we have a film that already has a connection to past violence, that there have been many mass shootings that seem to have connections to people being inspired by um, one kind of agenda or another. And in addition to that, that this particular film is speaking to someone who engenders violence and we may gain a level of sympathy for that character. Now again, notice that some of these possible concerns might simply be allevi alleviated by seeing the film and then it turns out, oh no, he really is seen as a villain and there's no... Um, uh, kind of lauding of this character. But even so, again, it's kind of hard to have a story that focuses on, on someone without someone somewhere making a hero out of that character. So there's the concern. And I think if we're being honest with ourselves, this is not an irrational concern, first and foremost, because there has actually been a connection between the character of the Joker and people shooting in a theater. <clears throat> so that, that worry is there. 
Now, some people might say, well, but you have a far greater likelihood of, of someone engaging in road rage and, you know, killing someone on a highway than another person being inspired by this particular character or, or, or this particular film. And again, this is also a, a fair response. I think the first step in engaging in this conversation is recognizing that when people are raising these concerns and these responses, that for the most part, we're not being irrational, right? The concern that the film might in some way inspire or incite violence is one that's connected to events that have actually happened. And the response that it is, well, unlikely that we have much greater chances of being harmed in some other way also seems to be a, a, a rational response. Where I think we start becoming unfair in our responses is a lot of people seem to get upset that other people are upset about the film. In other words, there have been people who have suggested that the film should be boycotted or that theaters should not show it. And in fact, there have been instances of a theater not showing the film, saying we simply are concerned that we might help perpetuate violence or that we're being insensitive to people who have, in, who have experienced it. <clears throat> well, some people get very, very upset that other people are upset. And I find that interesting. The tendency to kind of get um, at arms about how dare these people be bothered by this, right? Even when those people are not necessarily um, forcing you to do a particular thing, uh, there's a tendency to kind of go, well, these people are just being so sensitive. And then I guess maybe there's some worry like, well, if enough theaters don't show it or if enough uh, people boycott it, then we won't be able to watch it. We won't be able to enjoy it. But of all the things that seems least likely, that seems to be the least likeliest, right? That some sort of movement against a film is going to result of it being pulled down across the country and then we just won't be able to watch it. Again, not impossible, right? There have been instances where there have been concerns about something resulting in violence and then <clears throat> it leading to censorship, right? Uh, immediately an episode of South Park comes to mind. It's not that these things are not possible, but again, it's fairly unlikely that some people who have experienced um, violence uh, at the hands of mass shooters, asking people to boycott or asking theaters not to show it is going to result in the impossibility of me, a film watcher, not being able to see it. And so I'm not entirely convinced that the response of getting angry at people for having a concern is itself particularly fair, right? This is not a, a rational concern if we mean, well, I'm not going to be able to watch the film because these other people are ruining it for me. And, let, and I think if we're honest with ourselves, it's more often the case that when we're mad about people caring about something, whatever that something happens to be, whether it's people who get mad at vegans or people who get mad about issues of the LGBTQAI population, right? the response of, well, these people are just being too sensitive. Generally, it doesn't result in, you know, vegans even if they wanted it to be the case, are highly unlikely anywhere in the near future going to be able to prevent anyone else from being able to eat what they want to be able to eat under most circumstances, right? So this kind of like, oh, you're going to take everything I want kind of response 
seems to be unwarranted. And instead, I think if we're honest with ourselves, we have to recognize that we tend to just get upset that other people have a concern about something that we're enjoying. I think if we I think if we really were being just frank about it, that the problem isn't I'm not going to be able to eat my meat or I'm not going to be able to go to the movies or I, I have to be concerned about going to Chick-fil-A because they prov promote anti-gay, um, uh, lesbian, transgendered rights. Um, that's, that's less the issue. It's more that I am upset because these other people are bringing to light something that I just genuinely don't want to have to think about. <clears throat> now, perhaps I'm being unfair. Because I think it's important to note that there really have been instances where people haven't been able to gain access to something that they want or something has been censored. So I want to acknowledge that that, in fact, is the case. And I think the fair rebuttal is, is, well, Nick, if we're not upset at these people who are trying to boycott things, if we don't stand up against them, then they really will eliminate all of this stuff. Again, I think that might be hyperbolistic, but nevertheless, okay, well, fair enough. But if we reflect deeply on ourselves, like if we really kind of look at it, the analogy that I that tends to come to my mind is how upset people get at vegans handing out pamphlets on college campuses as people walk across the green to lunch. Right? I've seen people get really mad. Right? So you have people who are vegan who are pro providing information, literally just pictures of what we're actually about to go eat. And people get mad, they'll throw it back at their faces. I mean, there's actual violence is, is, a, is a possibility. You're like, how dare you show this to me? How dare you? And well, really, I mean, what's just happening is, is this person is providing information about a genuine concern and really showing pictures of, under a lot of circumstances, what is actually happening, you know, to, to, to these, to these non-human animals in these factory farms. So why do we get so upset at them? Why do we get upset at people who bring up a concern and who often have a valid bit of evidence behind it? And, and, and I think it's really important to note that there is valid evidence behind this concern about mass shootings as to whether or not the film actually has or would lead to a mass shooting. Well, thus far, it seems like it has been the case. But that doesn't mean that all these people who have experienced a severe trauma and have lost people that they love over it should be reviled or as if they're just trying to take away our candy from us, as if they're just terrible people when instead really they're trying to bring to light a genuine concern. And the funny thing is, it is entirely possible for me to respond, oh, that's ridiculous. How dare you even bring, you know, I love superheroes. I want to go see the film. How dare you bring this concern even to light? It is possible then for me to go into the movie theaters and then for there to be a mass shooting and for me to lose someone I love. I mean, there's, there's, there is that in fact possibility. And then one wonders, well, would I, would I then regret my response? Well, this is all just to say that I think part of what's happening here when we respond so negatively, and I think if we look kind of online, we see a lot of people responding very negatively to these people who are calling um, for a boycott of the film Joker. Um, I think a lot of what ends up happening here is an, an irritation with people because of the way that we think that everyone should be able to kind of be free to do what they want. And we like to believe that we are in no way responsible for the bad stuff that happens because of what other people do. In other words, I mean, let's be really honest with ourselves. I'm not, 
I have no intention, I have no plans, and I do not want to conduct any kind of mass shooting. It is, however, uncomfortable to have someone bring to light the possibility that my seeing for a film and paying for a film helps promote violence that could result in a mass shooting. In other words, I think what we kind of really hate about these people who are holding these things up in front of us, whether it's, you know, vegans or people who are speaking about violence or people who are speaking to some issue that's being brought to light. Well, what, what they're saying is, is that we're helping perpetuate it. I think that's where it gets the negative and angry pushback. Yes, that other person has chosen of their own volition to conduct a mass shooting, but if I'm helping promote movies that then results in violence, that results in other people's death, aren't I part of the causal story? It's not my intention, it's not what I want, but I'm part of what happens. Um, it, it reminds me of a friend of mine who happens to be gay, and uh, he's a proponent of, of LGBTQAI rights, and he um, also loves Chick-fil-A and eats Chick-fil-A. Well, this is always interesting to me because um, Chick-fil-A, of course, spends money to lobby against things like gay marriage. In other words, so there's, there's to, to some degree, the welfare of that company, right, the money that goes to that company does help um, lobbying against LGBTQAI issues. <clears throat> so it's interesting to me because as someone who's deeply invested in, in this issue, isn't there a sense in which his money is actually helping go fight against the very cause that he believes in? Well, he doesn't think so, right? Hence why he's willing to continue to um, go there. But I, I wonder if that's because we have this kind of ongoing belief set that responsibility stops where someone else starts. But that's not the way causal responsibility works. In other words, if I walk into a classroom and I say something really, really, really harsh and mean and cruel that results in a student committing suicide, aren't I part of that story. And a lot of us want to feel like, well, no, that person decided to commit suicide. It had nothing to do with me. And I think, so I think what's happening here when it comes to our responses to the, to people asking us to really think about or not buy or not participate in a thing is, is, is we really just don't want to feel responsible for it. We want to be able to buy and eat and watch and view and do as we want without having to feel guilt, right? And a lot of these people are at least kind of under the surface suggesting that we are guilty, even if we're not the person directly doing the thing, right? We're not the person directly lobbying against gay rights. We're not the person conducting the mass shooting, right? We're not the person torturing um, the chicken in the factory farm. But aren't we helping it? Aren't we helping perpetuate it? Aren't we a participant? In other words, without all of us doing it, it wouldn't happen. I think this connects to an interesting perspective that we have on free will to bring a little bit of philosophy into the conversation. Um, here in the States in particular and, and in the West in general, we have a very kind of unique perspective on freedom of the will, which basically we think of everything that we do, it doesn't matter anything in the past or anything that impacts us. It's always a totally free choice, you know? So like we don't really view ourselves as doing what we did because 
of the things that help bring it about. We're like, I walk into the ice cream parlor and I just chose ice cream and I just as easily could have walked into that same ice cream parlor and gotten something completely different. And that feels very right. You know, like we make our decisions, we make them on our own. And, and what that means is, is that when other people do things like mass shootings, we're not responsible, right? We have no, it is nothing, in other words, we don't have to think about um, the way our society helps perpetuate violence. We don't have to think about the way our society helps per perpetuate poverty. We don't have to think about the way that our society helps perpetuate people feeling alone, miserable, uh, and bullied, right? We don't have to think about that. We just go, well, you, you, buddy, you chose. That was you. That was you by yourself doing that. But the math of that doesn't always really make sense. I mean, if we think about the way causality really works, well, things happen for reasons. Things happen because of the things that, that cause them. And in other words, it doesn't really make much sense to think about history the way that we think about it if we also believe in free will as this just, we just do whatever we want, nothing causes us to do as we do. What I mean is, is think about how often we talk about history in terms of, well, if this hadn't happened, then this wouldn't have happened. Right. So like the, the, the common one is like if if Hitler had been accepted into art school, then World War Two wouldn't have happened or at least it wouldn't have happened the way that it did. Right. Well, why? Because if he had gotten into art school, the argument goes, well, then he wouldn't he would have been a painter rather than uh, a genocidal maniac. But the way we tend to describe our free will is is almost like a, a why. Right? It's like a Y shape. Like one past, my past, without making any changes in my past, can lead to A or B without anything being any different. But notice that's, again, not how we think of history. We think of like, well, here's Hitler becoming a genocidal maniac. Well, that's because he was rejected from art school. If we change that and he gets accepted into art school, well, then that changes what he does, right? That's just causality. That's just cause and effect. <clears throat> so there's this weird tension between the things that we recognize in terms of causality, which is kind of why I keep bringing it back. Like my money helps bring about certain things, right? And then the way we want to think about morality, which is, oh, but everything that everyone does, they do on their own. There's no real causal connection. And, and I do think it's really interesting. Um, because that's literally also like the way that we describe God. Like we put ourselves in this weird philosophical position of being uncaused causes, right? Everything I do, I just do. It has nothing to do with my past. And I could have done completely different. Like, so I could have done the show today. I could have not, has nothing to do with any of the, uh, of the preceding conditions. But I do want to challenge that thought at least a little bit, because whatever thought you're having in response to this conversation right now, you might be thinking, that is not true. You're having that thought because of what I'm saying, right? Like, whether you're going, huh, that's interesting, maybe he's got a point, or that's ridiculous, I'm going to go do something to prove that my past, you know, doesn't cause it and I do have free will. Whatever thought you're having right now in response to this, you're having in response to this. So that does seem to suggest that there is a domino effect to, the, to our lives and that the things that we do are in large part because of things that happened in the past. And I think we tend to want to shy away from that because think about the level of responsibility that brings to us.
right? That leaves us having to ask questions like, and we do ask causal questions when someone commits a mass shooting. We ask questions like, well, what happened to them? What caused them to be the way that they did? We we want to find something like a brain tumor. We want to believe that they were beaten as a child. We, we don't want to believe it just happens, right? But it's also, it's weird that we recognize that, but at the same time, then we don't want to really in, in, engage in the things that would probably have to change in a society to help those things not happen, like gun control, um, uh, assistance with various kinds of illnesses, assistance with poverty, as, assistance with the, the rejecting people, bullying, so on and so forth. Uh, the, the idea that we would need to participate together in order to help each other just seems like, oh man, you're trying to make me feel responsible for what this nut job is doing over there? Tell you what, why don't we just like uh, uh, recognize that they're crazy people, make some more institutions and shove them in there, which interestingly enough, tends to really only just lead to more misery and, and, and mental struggle. So, I don't know. It seems to me that there's many sides to the argument and that it's, it's, it really is quite complex and that we're at our best when we recognize that people who are bringing up these concerns are bringing up from a legitimate place of concern, from a legitimate place of loss that the vast majority of us can, cannot genuinely understand. And to simply respond, well, aren't they just being too sensitive? Well, they're being sensitive because of an experience that they have actually had or an awareness that they have that, that we, we don't. And if anything, a little bit of wisdom suggests, well, wait a minute, if these people who have gone through this thing have this experience and this warning, maybe we should like stop and listen. Um, the tendency to kind of tell other people how they should have to respond, especially to traumatic events, is a little bit concerning because it seems like we're telling them how they should respond. Well, they're just being too sensitive about these mass shootings when they're like victims of mass shootings. The tendency is to tell them that I think in part because we just don't want people to make us kind of feel bad or feel guilty or get in the way of our personal pleasure. But every one of us has a trauma of one kind or another. We've been through something. You've been through something. It's There's some sort of abuse that's happened in your life or, you, or you've been in the military and experienced PTSD. I mean, in my case, literally a murder in my family, right? We all have our various traumas and we would all be pretty frustrated with other people who, who are like, no, when you warn other people about that or when you respond to that, like, I mean, we don't go up to, I, I would hope that we don't go up to, to, to soldiers and say, listen, you're being too sensitive about PTSD. You know, you're, you're, you're messing with my day there, buddy. I want to go see my movie, you know? And in, in, to tell people how they should have, have to deal with this simply because it's getting in the way of our enjoyment seems really, really unkind. Right? I'm not sure we're at our best selves. And I don't mean to be particularly preachy in that regard. I mean only to say that isn't the other possibility to respond to something like this, even if you go to see the film, and it's highly likely that I will, to listen, to hear, and to show compassion and concern, and to recognize the fact that people who are warning us, people who have been deeply impacted by the various traumas that they've had, are speaking not from a place of condemnation, but a place of concern. So anyways, um, with that, I hope you have a wonderful week.